This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to the Homeschool with Moxie podcast, where our goal is to inspire and encourage you with actionable strategies to take you from overwhelmed to confident in your homeschool adventure. I'm your host, Abby Banks, and this is episode 131. This episode is brought to you by How to Homeschool Multiple Ages Without Losing Your Mind, and it's an action step guide that I have in my members-only resource library, Grab the action steps in the show notes at 41more.com forward slash 131. Welcome to episode 131. I hope you're doing well. And this episode is expert tips for homeschooling multiple kids. I am not the only one that has experience with homeschooling multiple kids. So I thought in today's episode, I would pull in some experienced voices to help give you some practical ideas. I know a lot of you who are just starting out, maybe even pulling your kids from the public school system and and homeschooling this year, you're kind of going, how in the world can I do this and not not lose my sanity. And, you know, once you've homeschooled for several years, you'll realize that although every year something's a little different, you know, the babies are babies and then they're toddlers and they do grow up and kids do mature and they do learn how to read and they can actually work independently. Things do change every year. Nothing stays the same when you're homeschooling your kids. Even if you have many kids that you're trying to juggle, every year is going to look a little bit different. But I know when you're just starting out, it can be overwhelming and you don't want to just hear platitudes. You want to hear actual solutions. And so that's what we're going to talk about in today's episode. So this month in the Homeschool Mom Collective, which if you're not a part of, I want you to try us out. You can find it at 41more.com forward slash membership. We welcomed Gina Mayo from Music in Our Homeschool, or you may know her from her blog, I Choose Joy. And she's a veteran homeschool mom of eight kids, several who of whom are graduated and have moved on. So she has a lot of wisdom. And she gave us some practical uh, solutions and she was able to answer our members' questions that they specifically had about homeschooling uh, multiple kids this year. So if you're not a part of that membership, jump on in because we have some great help for you over there. But I wanted to pull one of Gina's tips from our member Q&A we had with her over in our membership. And I wanted to share it with you here on the podcast. So here's what Gina had to say. In the earlier years, and I still do with my elementary kids, science, history, literature, those kinds of subjects, Bible, I always do that together. I don't separate that out. Um, I like the curriculums that have simpler things for younger kids and, and maybe the older kids do a little bit more writing or there's a harder crossword puzzle or something. Um, so those are those types of subjects I always do together. Um, math, of course, they have to do that by themselves and handwriting, um, learning to read. I couldn't do that together. I didn't have any twins. So any probably even if I did, they wouldn't be at the same level. So mm-hmm. yeah, those had to be taught separately. 
But I also like to follow a lot of Charlotte Mason's ideas of short lessons and not feeling like we have to like spend so much time on this. Uh, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, maybe 30. Um, and I, I'm good with that because I know that they're going to be building on it. And I've seen the fruit of it. You know, I have two in college right now. Um, my third child is doing full-time at community college as a senior in high school. So it will get there. You just keep going little by little. It will get those kids where they need to be. So I think the takeaway from what Gina was sharing right there is number one, you do not need to teach every subject individually to every child. Most subjects can be taught as a group together, except of course, things like math and reading, you know, language arts. But honestly, that's exactly how I survived when my kids were younger. We did not do separate history, science, foreign language, Bible, um, fine arts, art, music appreciation, whatever. We did it all together and you can do that too. And that's going to make a huge difference in being able to homeschool a lot of ages. The second takeaway from Gina's advice there, I think was short lessons. Some of us are thinking we have to spend an hour on something until we hammer it into our kids' heads. And that's just going to lead to tears and struggling for everyone. If you keep things short, remember, consistency is more important than length. So as long as you're consistent every day, you could have a 15-minute you know, lesson in whatever you're doing. You don't have to spend a long time on things. Um, you know, and I've always said this also is that homeschooling is so much more efficient. So it's not going to take you as long as it would take to teach a class of 30 kids in the public school. There's so much wasted time. You can be much more efficient. You know what your kids get. You know if they are with you. You know if it clicked. And so short lessons. I love that advice. Very helpful. And I know you're going to want to hear what else Gina had to say. So jump into our Homeschool Mom Collective and you get this month's content along with all the other content we've been doing all year. Now, the second expert I wanted to bring in is not technically with us today, but I did talk to Leanne Garfius back in episode 102 of the podcast, and she wrote this humongous book called Everything You Need to Know About Homeschooling. It's kind of like a homeschool encyclopedia. You wouldn't sit down and read it, but you would look at it when you're facing a, a challenge or a struggle, and you'd say, okay, I wonder what she says in here. And so she had some really great advice about homeschooling multiple kids kids or homeschooling a large family. And I thought I'd bring in some of her advice from her book, but definitely jump over to episode 102 of the podcast. And you can listen to the chat I had with Leanne. And it was a very honest chat, which I appreciated because sometimes we as homeschool moms have to pretend that we love every minute of homeschooling. And that's just not true, right? Sometimes we have bad days. Sometimes our kids have bad days and it's okay. That's normal. And sometimes I think we're afraid to admit it. We feel like we have to pretend everything's perfect all the time. It certainly isn't. But that doesn't mean that homeschooling is a bad choice for your family. It doesn't mean that every day will be like that. That's just kind of like the normal flow of family life, normal flow of emotions, you know, normal flow of everything. So I loved my conversation with Leanne, which we had um, last year because it really was honest. And we were saying, you know, we need to give ourselves permission to admit we don't have it all perfect and we're still struggling, but that's okay. So, so jump on over there if you need some encouragement along those lines. But 
from Leanne's book, I wanted to bring a few really great practical solutions that you can try this year if you're homeschooling multiple ages and you're not quite sure how to juggle it. So on page 462 of her book, she said, work round robin style. Now I've done this for many years, but I never thought of what it was called. And I'm just going to read just a bit from her book, but this is what it is. And I agree with her. This is how we've homeschooled multiple ages. And it might sound chaotic, but it really does work. She said, I love to teach my students all together around the kitchen table. It can become confusing sometimes, but when I can pull it off, this feels like the most homeschoolish thing we could do. After our Bible reading and time with read alouds or group lessons, I sit my children all around the table and get out their English assignments. The youngest works on their assignment one-on-one with me while I keep an eye on the others doing their work. I asked everyone to at least try to figure out the assignment during this short period. Then, um, let's see, she checks the youngest child work, she can answer questions, and then she goes on to the next oldest child who may just need a quick check-in, and then she moves on to the next. So do you see how she does that? We have totally done this too. We kind of at the beginning, I tried to do the homeschool thing, which I thought was everyone has these cute little school desks and we have a homeschool room and you all sit by yourself at your own desk, do your own work. But honestly, the kitchen table is so efficient because you can just sit there with your coffee and with whatever else you need, you know, the teacher book or whatever, and your kids are working right there and you can easily help them and then move on to the next one. This is what we do too. Um, And so then after they finish that, I think she says... Then after I'm satisfied with English, we get out the math books and she starts the circle again. So she calls it round robin style. And so for those few subjects where kids really do need individual, you know, individual grade specific work like math or English, this is a great way to do it. I wanted to include two more um, topics here as we wrap up. And these are from Leanne's book as well. So Before we get to babies and toddlers, I wanted to stick a little encouragement in here for homeschool single moms, because I know I've heard from some this past year and, you know, you probably feel like you can't do it because you are a single mom. And Leanne has a great um, encouragement for you. She's saying um, one single friend she knows says the key is to think outside the box. You might teach in the afternoons or the weekends. You might get help with the children or help with the housework. You might need to work odd hours, but you can make it work because you are so committed. So if you're in that situation, don't think homeschooling is not for you because there's lots of single moms doing it. And I think it would be great for you to reach out. Maybe your homeschool co-op, your local homeschool group has some single moms that you can get some ideas and encouragement from as well. But Leanne says you can do it. You just might have to think outside the box. And I think that's really good advice. And finally, the last question I wanted to mention that's also in Leanne's book on uh, page 464, this age-old question, how do I homeschool with babies and toddlers? And Gina did talk about this in our membership, but um, Leanne mentions this also. You know, she says, hold your routine very loosely. I think that's number one. Don't spend much time homeschooling. You know, if you have all little kids, your oldest is in kindergarten and the rest are babies and toddlers, your homeschooling can be so minimal. And so really don't get over crowded with the thought of actual formal curriculum and sitting down and doing school. You really don't need that much homeschooling when the kids are little. She says, hold your baby often, you know, 
definitely enjoy the younger years. Teach during nap time. This is when you can focus on some really great formal learning with your older kids. Use the normal baby quieters more than usual, the baby bouncers, the play pens. It's okay. You can do that. Let siblings play with the youngest, definitely. Hire a babysitter. And Gina mentioned this in our group as well. You know, if there's a homeschooling family that has a teenage daughter nearby that would love to come help you on one or two afternoons a week or mornings a week and play with your kids while you homeschool or get housework done, just use that if you can, you know, teach during nursing or feeding or snack time while everyone's busy, right? While the toddler's busy shoving those goldfish in his mouth, use that time to focus on teaching. And don't worry about homeschooling this year. If you are having, um, you know, if you're dealing with a pregnancy and then the baby's born and you're like, well, how am I going to homeschool? Actually, don't homeschool. Just enjoy your family. Remember, you're not a slave to the curriculum. You're not a slave to this. Your goal is to raise lifelong learners. And part of that is building relationships and having family time. So go ahead and take some time off if you're having a baby this year. I know some people are in that situation, and I hope they will take that advice. So these are just a few practical solutions to kind of make homeschooling not so crazy when you have lots of kids in the house. And really, it is so worth it. And you can do it, guys. I want you to be encouraged that you're not alone. Definitely check out the action steps we have over in the show notes at 41more.com forward slash 131. And in the meantime, happy homeschooling. Happy homeschooling.